the Gospel of Luke tonight and chapter number two, Gospel of Luke and chapter number two. And we want to pick up our reading if we can there in verse number 41. Luke's Gospel chapter two and verse number 41. If you'd like to stand, rest yourself from your seat for a few moments tonight while we read the Word of God together. The Bible says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And when he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? That's reading Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 41 through 49. You may be seated tonight. In our text this evening, we have the story of our Lord Jesus and his family taking the 80 mile trip down from Nazareth to Jerusalem in order to commemorate and observe the Passover. The family of Jesus, as we all know here, were very much committed to their faith. Uh, we see that truth set forth in Luke's Gospel, more so really than any other Gospel, especially Luke chapter 2. Uh, at the birth of Christ, we saw where in this uh, Luke's account where they, these parents obeyed the law of Moses and that they brought Christ to the temple at eight days old for Him to be circumcised so as to identify Him with the Abrahamic covenant. Weeks after that, he was brought back, presented at the temple, which, as we know, was also in accordance with the custom of the law. Uh, here in our text, we see this same family once again observing the law by taking that three or four day trip south from uh, Nazareth down to Jerusalem uh, to commemorate the Passover celebration. And our text says that Mary came, which with them, which again attests to the fact and gives further evidence of the commitment of this Jewish couple. Uh, furthermore, Jesus, as our text says in, verses, in verse 42, is 12 years old at this time. And Jewish law commanded that a Jewish father take their 11 and 12 year old sons to the Passover so as to acquaint the boys with the feast as well as to prepare them for manhood. It was at age 13 a young Jewish boy moved from a place of childhood to a place of manhood. We call that the, the bar mitzvah or the rite of passage. And what I want you to see in our text though is that Mary and Joseph according to this scripture are extremely active religiously speaking. Uh, they have followed the Lord's Word from the very beginning ever since Jesus even before He was born. Uh, they had Jesus circumcised. They had presented Jesus at the temple. They, while at the temple during the, that time of Jesus' infancy, presented the right sacrifices. They uh, came down from Nazareth to Jerusalem for the Passover here in our text. Joseph and Mary in bringing Jesus to Jerusalem was preparing him for the rite of passage. Mary is serving even beyond what is required of her as a wife and as a mother. And they're crossing their T's and they're dotting their I's. 
Yet the Bible says here in our text, and I want you to note this, uh, in verses 43 through 45, and when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it, but they, supposing him to be in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, you see that? Here you have a committed couple that has done everything right by religious standards, but yet the Bible says in the midst of their obedience, Jesus was not in their company. Verse 45 says, they found him not. And with that in mind, I want to preach tonight on the subject, losing Jesus in the midst of religion. I believe tonight that we're living in a day and an hour, much like what you see here in Luke's Gospel chapter 2, where there are folks who believe that Jesus is walking with them, but they, in in reality, uh, have no understanding of the fact that Christ is not in their midst. Not only on the individual scale, but also more so in the church scale. Uh, There's things going on in this day and in this hour that uh, we are calling church, things that are happening that we would say, this is God, this is Christ, this is manifestation of the Holy Ghost of God. But nevertheless, it doesn't line up with Scripture. Uh, It may line up with our feelings, it may tingle us a little bit, it may stimulate the emotion, but the fact is there are many churches today gathered together that are uh, in a place where they have lost Jesus in the midst of their religion. I want to say to you tonight, brothers, that Jesus didn't just die to get us into a church house. Jesus didn't just die to get us into a baptistry. Jesus didn't just die to get us to a place where we can come to a communion table and and have a cup in our hand. Thank God for those things. But the fact is tonight, Christ died that he might abide with us. The purpose of the gospel is more than just a man being able to come and participate in religious activity. Nothing wrong with those things when they're in their proper place. But unlike uh, some people today in this hour, we need to understand that everything that we do in the church is to point us to the Christ that we're to have a relationship with. Uh, we're to enjoy Him. That's why when Christ died on the cross, He died that He might bring us back to Himself. That was the only way. There was no other way. There was no other access to God. There was no other fellowship that we could have with God apart from Christ and His redemptive work. And what you find here in this text is Mary and Joseph are in the city of Jerusalem. They're there at Mount Zion. They're in the place, the city of peace. Everything that's going on in this city, everything that's happening right now at the Passover is intended for one purpose in God's eyes, and that purpose is to point men to the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, in the midst of all the crowd, in the midst of all the things that are going on, they miss and lose the one person that mattered the most. Now let me say to you tonight, I'm not preaching losing your salvation. We don't believe that. Tonight, the Bible tells us that we're sealed to the day of redemption. Uh, the Scripture tells us tonight that we are, uh, we are wrapped up, sealed by the Holy Ghost. Uh, the reputation of God is tied up in our salvation. Uh, if God were to lose one of His children, He would lose Himself because He said, I give unto my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. His reputation as God is tied up in our salvation. Thank God for that. 
but it is possible to go to church. It is possible to do the, the ins and outs and cross the T's and dot the I's. It is possible uh, to carry a King James Bible. It is possible to hold a red hymnal. It is possible to go to the Lord's table. It is possible uh, to participate in religious activity and miss the very one for whom you were created. And what we find in this text is that you can lose Jesus in the midst of religion. The first thing I would say to you this morning on this thought is that in this text, in this thought of losing Jesus in the midst of religion, is that there is the presumption of fellowship. The Bible says in verse number 44, but they supposing him to have been in their company. Do you see that? Supposing him. One of the greatest tragedies today is many believe that Christ is with them when he is not. And I want to say to you, somebody said, preacher, how do I know if God is really there? Well, you'll know he's there because you can see him. You can hear him. You can know him. Amen. Uh, you, 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 you say, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, if you ain't saved, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're saved, you understand tonight that you, you, you understand that Christ abides with his people in, when the word of God is being preached. That's why we should thank God for Bible preachers tonight. I'm talking about some men who will get up and tell you what the scripture has to say. Uh, some men that will just throw it out there and let you, whether you like it, lump it, it don't matter. They're going to tell you the word of God because the fellowship of the church and, and the warmness and the fullness of God is determined and conditioned by what that man preaches. Amen. And if he's not preaching the word of God, the people can't hear from God. The people can't abide. The people of that fellowship don't know where to go in that church and in that body. And here they are. They think because they've been here, because they've done, have, have probably brought forth the sacrifice. They've made the long trip. They, in the energy of their flesh, they've, they've exerted themselves. They, they think to themselves, surely Jesus, surely God is on this. Surely God, we've, we've prayed for many, many hours. We, we, we've, we've sat down and we, Joseph gave the temple lamb. We, we, we've come to this place and we've made this long journey. Surely Jesus is with me. But the Bible says he was not in their midst. I want to say to you tonight, that's the only thing that matters when it comes down to it, is enjoying the fellowship of God. You see, the Christian lives out of the fullness of God. Everything we do as a church, fellowship, discipleship, evangelism, ministry, all that comes comes by reason of our communion with God. It comes by reason of that relationship. Why does the singer want to sing? Why does the preacher want to preach? Because they've had a, hey, they've had a fellowship. They've had a touch of God. They've had a communion, thank God, that goes beyond the realm of religion, that goes beyond the energy of the flesh. The thrice holy God of heaven has put his finger on their heart somewhere in a prayer closet, somewhere driving down the road, somewhere in a law thicket. They've experienced God and they come to the house of God and they have to say, thank God for his goodness. I've got to testify, preacher. I've got to sing a song. This saith the Lord. It happens because they're walking with God. The fellowship. And if we miss Jesus, we missed it all. I say to you tonight, secondly, not only on this thought of losing Jesus in the midst of religion, do we see their presumption of fellowship? But I'd say to you, there is that period of forsaken. You see, the Jews in this day, when traveling, with, well, traveling from Galilee to Judea in a trip like this for the purpose of protection, what they would have done is they'd have traveled in caravans. And it was the custom of the Jews in going to and fro in their travels to have the adults in the front of the caravans and the children at the back of the caravans. 
And so what we find by reading in this text is that Mary and Joseph are in the front. Jesus is in the back. And uh, on the way down. And now they're headed back up. And they're supposing him to be in the back. What I want you to understand is they lost fellowship with Jesus because they were not walking with Jesus. Amen. Aren't you thankful tonight for the privilege of prayer? Aren't you thankful tonight that you can go to a prayer closet and talk to the thrice holy God of heaven? I'm going to tell you what a privilege it is to know that that very God who walked through fiery furnaces, that very God who split open red seas, that very God who before eternity walked out on nothing and grabbed a fig handful of nothing and threw it out and made everything. That's the God we talk to when we go to our prayer closet. That's the God we commune with. That's the God we draw strength from. Uh, honey, I want to say to you tonight, uh, uh, if we don't walk with Him, uh, if we don't abide with Him, uh, if we don't fellowship with Him, uh, all we're left with is man stuff. All we're left with is religious routine and formality. Oh, there's nothing. Hey, listen to me. The Buddhists got something like that. The Mormons have something like that. But what's the difference, preacher? The Holy Ghost of God that abide in their soul. They don't know the sweet Lamb of God. They don't know the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley and the bright morning star. They don't know what it is to know God. They don't know that sweet tongue. I thank God tonight I've got the privilege of fellowship and sometimes if we ain't careful we can get so caught up in the do's and don'ts there goes Jesus you imagine them walking and there they are doing all this stuff talking about what they've done I ain't trying to discount the Lord of our mother or the mother of our Lord I'm not trying to discount Joseph. I mean, man, I fall shorter than them every day. But you imagine them walking up that, up that road headed towards Nazareth. And I imagine Mary and Joseph. It, it's been a day or so. And here they are. And Mary says, Joseph, do you hear that? And, and Joseph says, no, I don't hear nothing. She says, neither do I. Where's Jesus? She hears other kids screaming and squalling, but she don't hear Christ talking. And all of a sudden, that fear that any mama would get, any daddy would get, begins to shrivel up in her heart. And she says, oh no, he's not with us. Where could he be? Oh, where could he be? And that is the misery of that losing that fellowship and, and not having that communion is you don't hear the voice of the sweet Lamb of God. Anybody hear what I'm saying tonight? What I'm trying to talk to you about is it's more than just a religion. It's, a, it's more than just buildings. It's more than just holding something in your hand. Or it's more than just singing in a choir off. But it's Christ. Hallelujah. That's what Paul said. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Jesus died, my friend, that we might know him, that we might know the water of heaven, that we might know the 
bread of heaven that we might know the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. I'm glad as a 17 year old boy out here in Shad Higgins Tire Station, God gave me more than a songbook. Hallelujah. He gave me more than a pew to sit on. But God gave me himself. God visited my cold, dark, dead heart and said, son, it's time to live. And he birthed me into the family and gave me something sweeter than North Bucking Blackhawk football. Gave me something sweeter, my friend, than Floozies. Gave me something better than religion. He gave me himself. And I'm still singing the same song, preaching the same message, telling you there's nothing sweeter, there's nothing better, there's nothing greater than knowing Christ and Christ alone. Amen. To know him, to know him. Thirdly, I'll close. Not only do we see in this text the presumption of fellowship, the period of forsaken. But I want to say this to you men tonight. There is the place of finding. Somebody said, what happened, preacher? Where did they find him? There in verse number 46. It came to pass after three days. They found him in the temple. Somebody said, where do you find him? You find him where you last met with him. Amen. They found him in that place of worship. Woo! They didn't find him in some pot or some offering plate, but the Bible said they found him in the temple. And when they found him, they heard his first words of Jesus in the Bible. Verse 49, he said, Wish you not know that I must be about my father's business. Where did they find him? They found him pointing men to the fathers where they found him. They found him where, hey, he was glorifying God. And that's where God wants to find you. And that's where God wants you to be tonight. In that place where you're lifting him up. Where you're making much of the Son of God. Not because you're trying to be religious. Not because you're trying to get to heaven. But because you're already going to heaven. And because you've been saved by the grace of God. Thank God tonight there's something better than religion. Something greater. The Bible said they found him in that place of worship. Have you lost Jesus tonight in the midst of religion? If so, I want to tell you, you can go back to where you lost him. Amen. You can go back to that place of worship, and there he'll be. Woo! He said, Knock, and it shall be open. Seek, and you shall find. Where do I seek, preacher? You seek where you lost him. Go back to that place, that prayer closet that you've got too busy to get into. Listen to me, young man, young woman, young man, old man. Hear what I'm saying to you tonight. Go back to that place, that Sunday school class, back to that choir loft. Preacher, if you've got sour on God, get back to that pulpit. Fill yourself with His Word. Immerse yourself in the wonder of God's beauty and His glory. And sooner or later, He'll pop up. Hallelujah. And you'll have that fullness of God. You'll have that drawing power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, you'll walk in the pulpit with the honeydew of heaven will fall off of your lips. You'll drink, thank God, from that milk and that honey. I'm trying to say to you tonight, God wants His church back. 
He wants you back. Let's stand together. I'm done. Brother Tolbert, y'all come, brother, and sing us a song. As Pastor Jason comes tonight and closes out the service as he sees fit. I gave you the burden of my heart tonight. I didn't come to be mean or ugly. I just come here to tell you, he's prettier and sweeter and more wonderful. Thank God than anything man could ever offer. That's the miracle of God's grace. Losing Jesus in the midst of religion. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the access we have to the throne of grace tonight. Oh, God, I'm glad we can come to you. Lord God, I'm glad tonight to know that you offer, you offer that opportunity. God, you give us that place where we can come because you want us. Oh, I don't understand all that. I'm just glad about it. Tonight I pray for that man, Lord God, that's here, that's, that Lord, that, that, that's gotten that place of staleness. I believe that's what this meeting's for tonight, God, to bring you men back. I pray they just get back to that place, go back to that temple, and find that fullness in you. In Jesus' name tonight, have your way. Amen.